On January 27th, Apple TV released the first two episodes of its new situational dramedy Shrinking, starring Jason Segel as a grieving therapist who is struggling to put his life back together a year after his wife's passing. On this podcast, we like to discuss and review the latest installments of a different series every show. It's January 31st. Welcome to today's episode. So I want to kick this episode off with brain trivia because this show is called Shrinking. And all of these are actual theories about the brain, which we assume are true. But one has been challenged quite recently, and I want to see if you can pick which one that is. I mean, so again, it's, all it's, of them are true. It's a myth, right, that like we only use 10% of our brain? Yeah, I don't even want to yeah. jump into that. that. That upsets me so much when I hear people say that. Anyways, the first theory, it is estimated that our brains cycle through 50,000 to 70 thoughts per day and 60 to 70% of them are negative. Hmm, okay. Okay. Over the last 40,000 years, human brains have shrunk by an estimated 10%, so it's fair to say that they may be shrinking. (laughs) You know? Yeah. No one born blind has ever been diagnosed as schizophrenic. Hmm, all right. And then what's the other one? The last one is people are most productive in blue-green rooms rather than red and white rooms. Right, right, right. Okay. And you're so saying... all of those are supposedly true, but one of them has been challenged quite recently. I'm going to go with the first one. You said the negative thoughts, like 60,000 to 70... And that we get 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts estimated in our brains each day, and that 60 to 70% of them are negative. I'm going to go with that one because that one feels like you can definitely kind of do more experiments with it. It seems more the most subjective, I guess, out of all of them. That is not the one that was challenged most recently. It's actually the shrinking one, the one that says that over the last 40,000 years, our brains have shrunk by 10%. Now, some people had theorized that maybe it wasn't that our brains were shrinking, that it was just folding over on itself, kind of like a koala brain, uh-huh. how they that's flat and ours is like a bunch of wrinkly wrinkles and that helps us think more. But no, they're actually challenging whether or not the brain has actually shrunk. So so that's interesting. That's the newest brain <laughs> yeah. science that's out there. Yeah. Um, but bringing it back to the show, there's actually been another show called Shrink that came out a few years ago that this reminded me of. You know, I remember hearing the title for that. Yeah, yeah, that was the one with Tim Baltz. It was a comedy and it was about him running therapy sessions from his parents' garage. <laughs> It was only on CISO for a while. I think it got like one or two seasons. Yeah, rest in peace. (laughs) Rest in peace. And uh, but the the word shrink, which obviously is in the title here, is I've always used it synonymously with as an informal way of saying like psychologist, right, or therapist. But it's actually well, it's always been informal, but it's actually considered a little insulting. I was not surprised to hear that because it, it does have a little stigma behind it, kind of like um. Back in the day when people were um, shamed about going to see a shrink. And it's like, oh, you're seeing a shrink? Yeah, yeah. But but actually, the origins of the word are thought to come from the Amazonian war practice of actually shrinking head shrinking that was performed boiling enemies' heads after they've been severed from the human body. And it was like paraded around as either a ritualistic thing or like, look at what I did. Like, this is what happens if you face me, that type of deal. Um, but, but then the word just, I guess, evolved to become what it is today. And now we can talk about this show. Yeah, you did a lot of research for, for this preamble. Well, part. I was just curious because shrinking, we've seen it several times now. They've dedicated several shows to it. And now Jason Siegel, right? Like even the Apple series that came out earlier this year, that was the Paul Rudd one with Will Ferrell. That was also called something. The Shrink Next Door. 
Yes, exactly. So this show was created by Jason Siegel, Bill Lawrence, and Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein, you might know from not only Ted Lasso, but he was also in the last Thor movie. He showed up as Hercules at the very end. Um, oh, that was him. Yeah, that was him. He plays the soccer player on on uh, Ted Lasso as, as well as like, writing for it, too. Bill Lawrence is Scrubs, right? Not only is Bill Lawrence Scrubs, but the last time we would have talked about him would have been when he liked our tweet for Ted Lasso. Um, and it took me way too long in this show to realize that Liz, because I recognized her right off the bat, but that's actually uh, Krista Miller, which is his wife, Scrubs, Clone High, Cougar oh, okay. Town, she head of class. Neighbor. She's almost like a main character in this. Uh, outside of Siegel and obviously uh, Harrison Ford. I would argue that. Uh, so did you ever see, because I never saw the movie, Jeff Who Lives at Home? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I, I remember it very well. I Well, that's what I thought that like kind of Jason Siegel was pulling from in his prior career, playing Jimmy. Here. Like a serious character, but also with some situational comedy mix. He's up. like the depressed, lonely, I'm not sure if Jeff is a therapist, but he, like middle-aged type of like character. That's that's why I felt like he was most like. Yeah, this, this show felt like a lot of different Apple shows to me. It felt like they took the grief of losing the wife from Severance. They took the anxiety-riddled redemption arc from Mr. Corman. That, uh, what was, what's his face? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt show. They took the wholesome messaging and unorthodox methods of your job from Ted Lasso. And then uh, they took the oddball behavior of the shrink next door from the shrink next door. But the weird thing is that Paul Rudd's character is a villain in that. Mm -hmm. And he's the one who's like throwing Will Ferrell out into the wolves and making him like face his fears. And and at first it seems like it's really working. That seems to be exactly what uh, uh, Jason Siegel, Jimmy, is doing in this show. More than one. Show. More than with one patient. And then, <laughs> and then obviously all Apple shows have really small casts with the exception of a very few. And then the curmudgeon mentor is less an Apple thing. That's more a Bill Lawrence thing where he just threw in like the Dr. Cox mentor, but cast Harrison Ford of all people <laughs> to play him. If anything, it seems like it's widely liked that Harrison Ford is in the show. People really like Harrison Ford in the show. Yeah, because I mean, like the last show he did was like 1923, right? And yeah, then, but that was only a couple. Like, but then weeks ago. prior to that, I think he, his last show he did was like in 2014 or something. I don't even remember him doing a show before that. I thought it was his like introduction to television. Something else that we should also bring up is Alice. That's his, that's Jimmy's daughter. They mm -hmm. kind of took the trope of uh, she's not really ready to forgive him after Jimmy's wife passed because she feels like Jimmy has kind of um, left her alone. I couldn't think, though, of an Apple show that has done that yet, but it is a cliche to have that grieving kind of thing. But this is the this is the part that's interesting. So Jimmy is it's a year out of losing his wife mm -hmm. and he is still kind of like messed up. Right. But he's still seeing clients. And at this point, he's like so fed up of just the world and how it works that he's starting to like make his clients do things as opposed to just listening to yeah, them. Right. He's like, okay, you're going to break up with your husband now, or you're going to go join an MMA thing, um, like wrestling club right now, because you're, you're, you have violent tendencies otherwise, and this will help you get over your PTSD. Like that type of uh, initiative. And how did you think that worked? I thought that, uh, I mean, the Grace one kind of made sense to me because, like, after a certain while, Grace like, played Jimmy, by Heidi, Heidi Gardner. Yeah, it seems like all these SNL alums are showing up in, like, serious comedies. I know that, like, Abby Elliott showed up in The Bear as, like, uh, Jeremy Allen White's sister. But here, I thought that, like, it, that one made the most sense out of anything that Jimmy does because he even says to her, You've been, like, he having to stay with him for two years. He's obviously abusive. You have to leave him or else I'm not going to be your therapist anymore. And although that was harsh, I thought that, like, that actually made the most sense. I thought that was ridiculous. I Okay, so I'm going to just jump into my cons in this show because overall, what, what did you think of it? What, what would you give it? i give it like a solid seven. You would give it a seven? I'm going to come at it the other side. I'm giving it a five and I say I don't like it. So this is not passed for you. 
not only does it not pass, but I have like a bunch of grievances behind it. But the most, the biggest one is how unprofessional Jimmy is and why he's even allowed to practice. But right I think now. that's the point of the show. The point of the show is put someone who's unprofessional in the therapist's side and see how like they kind of uh, but take a break work. from therapy. Like even his boss, who technically is Harrison Ford, he's the leader of the therapist okay. there, the cognitive therapy that they're doing. He should be telling him not to be taking patients right now. Like, I it clearly okay. is too soon to work. I I was just frustrated because jimmy treated his job with callousness that's all i saw in this first two episodes and we were supposed to still like him because he was trying to recover and trying to make amends with his daughter for ignoring her over the last year however it's one thing to support your colleague like gabby who's the other therapist and dr paul who is harrison ford were trying to do by like giving him a moral boost or telling him hey this is what you need like giving him guidance but when Jimmy literally states, we all know what will make our patients better. It's simple. So why don't we just tell them? I just wanted to tell the writers, like, fuck you. Like, that's not how therapy works. And it's also really crappy representation of how therapy works. Okay, so I'll actually agree with you on that. I, I do agree that Jimmy is definitely callous in this episode, as you said. Uh, but I think that, like, I was just willing to give it a pass because that was just the basis of the show. It's but not I the do... type of job, though. And there's not a lot of jobs where you can just sort of wing it and think, oh, you know what? I'm just going to spitball things off the top of I my do, head. I it's do... not like it's going to mess with their heads or anything. I do think that there was some insensitive stuff in this episode. Also, when you were talking about kind of the montage of uh, different, like, clients that they were showing. And, like, you had people talking about how... Um, all the clients were idiots. Well, like, yeah, that type all of the thing? clients were idiots. It wasn't really a good representation of what therapy actually does i was more focusing on kind of what i felt thought were like kind of the heart of the show when you were talking yes, about either alice or the fact that sean does have to like kind of overcome his fears and after a while but that those... did you recognize sean he's no. the one who went into the mma thing right yeah yeah he was the brother from players the one who was like uh <laughs> I forgot what the character's name was, but there was cream cheese and then there was the new guy and the new guy had a brother who was like really psyched that he was joining the crew. And that I was Sean. never would have guessed that. I never would have yeah, guessed Luke that. Luke Tenney. Yeah. But yeah, no, those were the parts of the shows that I thought actually worked. But I will agree with you that like Jimmy, completely unprofessional. And I also liked the, the Death Cab for Cutie song, the intro song. It was the first time I'd heard that band or the person in the band forever, like for 20 years. It was weird. Do you I know, reckon, like, it just, their voice is so well-known. Yeah. Do you know who Gabby played? That was the other therapist. Who Gabby was? Yeah, who That's Gabby Jessica was, Williams. Yeah. She's from The Daily Show. She's from Booksmart. She's, she looks a little bit like the bear person, the, the assistant in that yeah, show, Yeah, the secondary right? main Yeah, but she's older. Um, and then you also have Brian, who is the best friend, the gay best friend, which I, I wrote down as a con because that's such a cliche, you know, like they literally <laughs> made the cliche of gay best just, friend. Just basically playing that trade in there to have a And he's just him. always optimistic until it comes down to that he feels that his friend isn't being truthful with him. Or I have to be honest, that, yeah. but that part where in the second episode, he was at least going against the Grace's abusive husband, like that whole entire kind of, I don't want to say courtroom scene, but yeah. like the lawyer scene. I did like that part, but I will say he didn't add too much to the story hey i like that you like the show because i like having that like back and forth and we i think together will um assume a lot of what people think you'll either have those for it or against it and so you defending those scenes 
I, I also didn't mind that scene that much. I did mind the scene where he just took the guy to Starbucks and then he was like, you like this, right? Okay, I'm going to get out of yeah, here. No, you know? no, or true. where he was like, um, like the show wanted to play the emotional connectivity angle so much, but then it dismisses reality at its own whim. They're driving down trying to make the sister's, or sorry, the, the daughter's uh, soccer game, right? Oh, that was And ridiculous. they just yeah. ditch the jam-packed rush hour car thing and he's just, he, he writes it off as, oh, the police will just take it to my house because I'm white. Because I'm white, yeah. Yeah, that was like, I get the joke that was supposed to be there, but this is a show that's supposed to be based in some form of reality, right? You know, I think and that... in the first scene, he has hookers at his house while his teenage daughter is literally in her room upstairs and it's just upsetting yeah i was gonna say that like i think that it, the part of the show comes from just everybody around jimmy jimmy has a character to focus on i know that they're, they're enabling like, him they, yeah. yeah they're they're go they're gonna bring him like all the way down before he maybe has his like really big moment where he's able to actually like take responsibility for himself but that's kind of where i think you and i have the disagreement it's like i didn't really care about jimmy because i can see where they're going with his character while yes his actions are absolutely absurd and i really did not like the beginning where he has hookers like he has hookers in his pool and his daughter's and he's upstairs. taking Adderall and then he's going to work the next day and telling his patients yeah, about it yeah like, it's so it's so strange and it is an ableist behavior however when I first watched Ted Lasso I didn't think I would like it I thought that it was just going to be a five minute skit that was going to be extended for a full series and then it was the heart that sold it on me and I think it sold it on a lot of people right and so maybe that's the same thing here I came in with too high of expectations and you were able to see the heart in the show and I was just too put off by like i did like harrison ford's character i thought he was he made a good version of the dr cox he's been character. he's been typecast though i've realized it now he's been typecast as kind of the he's very old, old yeah he's the very old wise but also um he, he doesn't sugarcoat too much he's a yes. curmudgeon yeah. yeah but he also has his own story which they're hinting at because the daughter who hangs out with him unbeknownst to or unknown to uh jimmy um is it was like looking into his life if you would have given me that summary and told me that like alice and uh what's what's harrison ford's name again paul we're hanging out and Dr. Paul. i probably would have been like that was my least favorite part of the show it actually ended up being my favorite part of the show because it actually was able to show you kind of the human side to paul as well even when they're eating at the end of the second episode dinner together i was like this actually is able to give me some type of like emotional pull to it but w that whole dinner scene so like the setup behind that is that uh jimmy really wants to connect to his daughter his daughter is coming back with hey you have been absent I have been hanging out with Liz. She's been like my secondary mom for the last year. And I'm not just going to like forgive you for everything. But then she has a meeting with Paul and Paul says, hey, may maybe just like fake it till you make it here. Like give your dad a break. And so she actually, even though she has dinner plans, Taco Tuesday with uh, Liz next door, she buys like, I don't know, chicken sandwiches, chicken sandwiches and yeah. she brings them home. And then that's when Jimmy is going to go rebond with his best friend, Brian, who he's also been ignoring for the last year. And he doesn't pick up on the signal that, that his, his daughter bought those sandwiches for them. So then she is already canceled on her taco dinner. Liz. So she goes and hangs out again with paul the problem that i had with that was not jimmy or the well actually it was the daughter it was the way that she didn't tell liz that she was canceling her dinner plans until literally dinner was being served yeah. she went to her next door neighbor she's has she could have texted her at any time they've had taco tuesday before because it makes it seem like they it's a it's a regular thing for them it's literally taco tuesday and uh and she gets there and she's like I'm, i hope you didn't go through too much trouble <laughs> And of course she already had the makings like prepared and ready and, and set to go. And they had already grilled Liz earlier. Gabby had come up, even though Gabby should know at this point that Jimmy is not 
the best person to assume that he's telling the truth. Yeah. So when he starts griping about Liz being overprotective of his daughter and Gabby just takes that as gospel and goes to Liz and starts like, she's a therapist and she's going after this woman for basically helping raise the girl while her father was out of the picture. It, it, was, it was so confounding. And it also seemed like they were trying to really push in a message that Liz had to learn a learn something and it didn't seem like she had done anything wrong yeah the gabby and liz interaction in the second episode annoyed me because i could tell that jimmy is going to learn about it in later episodes and probably get annoyed with gabby there and like it's going to cause some type think, of fight I don't there think it will the thing the thing that also I, I i like the end of the second episode because i found it somewhat complex you did have alice again going to liz then she cancels on liz then she goes over to jimmy the only part i had a problem with at that ending was the fact that alice didn't say to Jimmy, hey, I actually did get these chicken sandwiches for us. Like Jimmy well, she didn't really it. have the opportunity because when she got home, that's when Sean was there because Sean had already been kicked out of his house. No, I'm talking about when she first got home and she had the chicken sandwich bag. Yeah, but that was, yeah, okay. No, I, I see what you're saying, yeah. Because Jimmy already made it clear. He was like, hey, I, I he, when he thought that those chicken sandwiches were for him, he was like, hey, I, I was getting they, excited. They sort of excused that because Paul asked the same thing. He was like, did you tell him that those chicken sandwiches were him? And she was like, the context clues were there. He could have figured it out. And it was like, okay, well, maybe you buy it, maybe you don't. Yeah, but, I mean, oh, yeah, also that you just brought up the ending. The fact that Sean is now living at their house. I had no problem that with that part. That's ridiculous. The, the, the ridiculous thing is that a, a therapist would get that close to a client. That yes. seems so unprofessional, such a bad idea. Definitely because then, not because, you can because do. then, say you have other clients and you start like getting committed to them as well, and then the first one feels like you're taking them for granted because like they, you can't strike up that type of friendship without being expected to be like you're you're taking on a burden to have to help them whenever, and it's that's that's different. Like you need to have a boundary there, and it seems like this is such an egregious step over it maybe it'll work for the show but to me that part of that's that's the stuff that just rubbed me the wrong way but like the emotion like the emotion that i guess or like the drama at the very end of the first episode you didn't find any of that compelling when sean has to like beat up grace's husband no, i'm not and, trashing and the show about everything i'm just saying that the things that i didn't like were so big to me that i couldn't look past them when it came to it. the stuff that i did also, how did the guy know that Jimmy was going to be at his daughter's soccer match or where the soccer match was when he came to punch yeah. him in the face? <laughs> that was like that seemed like a big plot hole. Yeah, because yeah, he, he just was, was there. Yeah, he just showed up. Yeah. No. So like one of the clients who he had uh, that Jimmy had told to like go away and, and break up um, with her husband, then the husband came in, like punched him in the face. And that was the end of the first episode. And so like part of me was like, oh, this is funny because it went from very wholehearted, happy. He had made the thing. The daughter was nodding at him to like, oh everything's going crazy now and and uh and sean is freaking out because uh because he's having to defend uh jimmy yeah yeah and i i will say that jason siegel though i thought did like the best job out of all of them like i thought that he was actually as the main character the, the Some, like he yeah. acted the best I some thought. reviews have said the opposite where they're like a little less siegel a little bit more harrison ford please. well that's obvious because like harrison ford's supposed to be everyone's favorite character that's like that's something that the show makes in in like abundantly clear i do agree with you though the cast we, the casting was fine yeah i think if anything i had i just have an issue with the writing it has a 7.8 on imdb vulture called it so so ab club gave it a c overall though mixed to positive reviews uh, New York Times said, mad, light, heavy, manic, melancholy, satiric, sincere straddle. So it was like trying to do too much. I, I think, agree with that. There was, there was a Roger lot Hebert. of storylines that they had to jumble or that seemed jumbled. Well, it was more the tones where it was like it wanted to be both light and heavy at the same time. Yeah. Satiric and sincere. And it's that's a, that's a hard balance to meet. 
though the episodes are 30, 40 minutes long. So it gets a little bit longer than the traditional sitcom comedy. I thought the pacing actually worked pretty well, though. I didn't, I never felt like I was too bored while watching it. I know you might have a different uh, opinion of that. Yeah, yeah. Apple shows are well-constructed, highly produced. Um, it, it They put a lot of work into it. I just wasn't as big a fan. And usually I am a big fan of Apple series. Like, I can't think of the last one that I gave a five to. I'm probably not going to watch the rest of the series, but I imagine you probably won't either. Nope. Um, but you gave it a seven. So like, are you sure you wouldn't watch another episode if it came on? Probably not. No, there's so many other things I need to watch at this point. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.